R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. My wife and I were introducing my teenage daughter to Ferris Bueller's Day Off a few weeks ago. It's an 80s classic starring Matthew Broderick. Now, if you haven't seen it, you're missing out on an American institution, but that's beside the point. Matthew Broderick was also in another 80s movie, if you recall, called War Games. In War Games, he played a kid who hacked into the NORAD nuclear missile system, just kind of goofing around, and almost started a nuclear war. It wasn't so much what he did that was scary. What was scary was that once he started the system, it couldn't be stopped. And that's what a lot of people think of when they think of artificial intelligence. Because of books and movies, and in some cases reality, there's resistance to technology that could make us all much more creative and free to build better relationships with actual people. We're going to finish our conversation with Ariel Theodore today, talking about where technology is going in the workers' comp world and how to best embrace it. Ariel Theodore is a dynamics solution specialist with reemployability. And if you didn't listen last week, Ariel has been with the company for、uh, seven years. She's getting ready to transition into a role with Microsoft. She's done a ton of different things in the IT world and in the technology world and in the workers' comp world since she's been here. And we wanted to talk to her this week and get a little bit more of her perspective on where technology is going. And ways to get people to kind of embrace technology when you don't feel like they necessarily are going to do that. We were talking a little bit before we came on today about how, when we speak with adjusters and we speak with risk managers, we have here at Reemployability different options for injured workers that, that will really make their lives easier and help them to transition back to their jobs quicker. One of them is called Real Time, it's our time tracking system, and it is web based. And so it requires the use of some technology in order to use it. And many times we'll hear from folks that, oh, this person won't be able to do it because they don't understand computers. We have another program that's a work from home program where folks can、uh, a lot of times utilize a computer to、uh, make, they have to make phone calls and then they have to log things into a computer. Very simple stuff, but, but we get a lot of pushback. The one that I hate is, That guy's a truck driver, he's not going to be able to do it. And that is not true because we have great stories of people like that. So, very long winded introduction, Ariel, but I want to talk about that a little bit today, if you don't mind. We, we finished with you explaining about your new role with Microsoft. Can you just briefly again kind of go over what you're going to be doing with Microsoft and how you think that kind of lends itself into helping people to better embrace the why behind technology? Um, so, I will be moving on to a role as a customer engineer with Microsoft, and it's part of their customer success team. So, ultimately, it is acting in kind of a technical advisory role to help drive business decisions and to kind of determine overall strategy and to use the different products that Microsoft offers, particularly you know, Dynamics, which we use, and the Power Platform, which again, we use here at Reemployability,、um, to Kind of enhance a you know, an experience that already kind of exists for most people.、Um, and I feel like there's this idea, like you said, that there are some people that just can't use technology. And we see every day, like I know, like children are an interesting example, right? Because 
they are immersed in it and they grow up with it. And so it becomes kind of second nature. But I refuse to believe that there's like, especially with humans, that there's an old dog that can't be taught new tricks. You know, I think if we really, really focus on the person and their own experience and kind of meet them where they are and allow them the time and the space to to embrace that kind of technology, they will. And, you know, we see it like we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, or I think in our last episode, um, that there is this kind of pendulum with technology and it goes really far one way. And then we say, we're just not gonna use that anymore. And I think the slow adoption can sometimes be the better one. Um, I think really taking our time to explain to people how it's going to impact them and why, you know, their own use of it is going to enhance their own lives. I think that's helpful. And, you know, being enthusiastic about it never hurts. <laughs> you know, there's this idea of like technical evangelism. It, it really takes someone being excited about the technology, but also understanding the impact it's going to have on every different kind of person that's using it um, to, to kind of get that message across. So I think that's part of the importance in user adoption is having someone who's going to be not only a champion for the tech, but a champion for the, the end user. Mm. The workers' comp world has traditionally been slow to adopt new technologies. Uh, it's been my experience since I've been here that there's some things that we would love some of our partners to be able to do that, that they're not necessarily ready to move forward with because of, for whatever reason. What are some of the technologies that you see in the next five to ten years that you think would be very helpful for folks in this industry, in the workers' comp world, whether they're a, a risk manager at a company or they're an adjuster or an account executive at a carrier or TPA? What are some of the things that you think are, are down the road that are going to be helpful that we should keep our eyes out for? Okay, so if, if we start with kind of the existing, um, you know, anybody in the industry who's not currently cloud-based, I highly recommend it. You know, it allows for a totally different level of collaboration across teams. And that's a technology that's been around for a while and everybody hears about the cloud this and the cloud that. It's the internet. It's, it's just the internet at the end of the day. And um, it really connects people in a way that kind of the traditional ways of communication might not. Um, so I kind of, I would encourage them to embrace that. It's being widely accepted for a reason. You know, there's a reason so many teams are, are moving to cloud-based solutions because it does allow those teams to remain connected. But then we also see kind of much newer and sometimes a little bit, um, like a little scary technology, like artificial intelligence. People see that and they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna have Terminator and all of this. Like right. that's that's really not it. What it is is like, there are, there are rules around so many of the processes that we have, right? And, and being able to kind of define those rules and set those pieces of logic in a way that takes that, it doesn't take away the need to think, right? But it takes away, the need to think about the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so if you can allow the technology to work for you in that way, you bring your own perspective into it and, and you have the space and kind of the you know mental bandwidth to bring your own perspective and experience into a situation without having to really be bogged down by the logic of it all. 
because mm-hmm. um, sometimes we get stuck on that. And so I think that's kind of, that's something that's really exciting that we see on the horizon, but I know that people can be quite hesitant to even approach that. It's almost like, uh, you know, we deal with a lot of business owners sometimes, and I've heard the phrase before, it's the difference between working in your business and working on your business. When you're working in your business, you're having to do those day-to-day I don't want to say mundane, but like you said, it's the things that you have to think about and do over and over and over. And that's why you hire people, right? As a business owner, you hire people to do those things in your business so that you can step outside and do things to enhance and grow your business. Two very different things. And that's how I kind of see AI is it it gets those things that are able to be done by not an employee, but able to be done by someone who's not going to make decisions, not going to make informed decisions, just going to do what it's told. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So if you can get something, AI doing what it's told to do, you don't have to worry about that. And you can step out and try to think of different things to do that are going to enhance your business. So it's not a scary thing. What's that? You can focus on those judgment calls. Exactly. Yes. that's, That's something that we kind of very uniquely as humans can do like we have this not only our own individual consciousness but there's this like kind of collective consciousness as humans and i feel like that's not um i we downplay it we downplay how important that can be and how and how important each person's contribution to that can be mm-hmm. The ability to be creative, right? Yeah. Even accountants can be creative because they can create new ways to do accounting, but they can't do that if they got their nose in a spreadsheet all day. Exactly. Right? So you mentioned the cloud and, and, and my understanding, just to, to clarify, when you talk about the cloud, it's it's more, it, it's so that you don't have servers in your office, right? That's, that's the transition. We don't want to have all the individual information sitting on servers in our office if it's out there it allows for more bandwidth is that is that right so what tell talk a little bit more about like what the cloud actually means so you said the internet i think of the cloud and i, I can still remember it like a couple of years ago i was like well where is the cloud like I, i'm in, so like listen i'm almost 50 so I, I i embrace technology but i still remember having cassette tapes and cds and it, it was very hard for me to accept the fact that I've spent a ton of money on music that I don't have, right? It, it was it, when, when I would buy my music from Apple, it was, it was on my phone, but I didn't have anything to hold and touch. And I always felt like, oh my gosh, all these albums, all this music I just bought is going to be like, what if somebody blows up the, the cloud, right? That's not possible, right? Can you explain a little bit more about that to folks so that they can kind of wrap their head around like where it is and what it is? I can try. Um, so I feel like the simplest explanation I have for that is essentially the cloud is someone else's computer. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that sounds really silly, but ultimately that's what it is. It's someone else's machine that you are not the only person who has access to. Or sometimes, you know, there there is... There is privacy to it, obviously, but I think, you know, there's this idea that like, oh, it's out there. All my information is floating out there in the cloud. And like, no, it's just housed in this place that you can access from anywhere. I don't have to take my computer with me to then have access to all of the data on it. And so that not only allows us to move to smaller technologies, like we think about 
how we basically have an entire computer in our pockets. And part of the reason for that is so much of the information on it lives somewhere else. You don't need the physical space to hold it in the little device that goes in your pocket. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I know it's, it's kind of strange to think about because it's like, well, yeah. I put my information on the cloud. Where did it go? And ultimately, it's sitting on someone else's computer somewhere. Yeah, and somewhere it's, else. And, and it's it, backed it up and backed up and backed up. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, sometimes that can be very quickly moved to another location. Like if, if like I know in disaster situations, it, it's nice to know that, okay, cool. We can have access to our information from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If for some reason everyone needs to go and be at home or somewhere completely different. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that's been an interesting one because I feel like as a whole, there is a, there's not a whole lot of understanding of like the cloud is not necessarily a place. <laughs> it's, right. it's just the idea that it is, you can pull it down anytime, you, right. you know? No, that's a great, that's a great explanation. So, um, as we mentioned, you're, you're moving on, uh, shortly from, from reemployability. You were a biology major. You wanted to go into the medical field. You ended up in the workers' comp world, which is funny because I've never met anybody that was like, yeah, I went to college and I wanted to be in the workers' comp world, right? Everybody ends up here. If you were able to do anything differently um, as you learned about this industry, because we, I'm sure we have some folks that, you know, that's something that the industry right now is really struggling with, especially in the adjuster world is, you know, because of the pandemic and the, and the great resignation, there's a lot of companies that are really, really trying to attract new blood into this industry. So we have some younger people listening that might just be starting out. What would you, kind of advice would you give them? How should they approach things to really make this into something more than just a job, but a career? I think it's kind of twofold. Um, like you ask what I would do differently. I honestly don't think I would do that much differently. Mm -hmm. um, and I've come to realize that especially like definitely highlighted by my experience here has been the value of being open to whatever might lie on your path, right? Like there have been a lot of different opportunities that presented themselves along the way. And I kind of just went through every door that opened, you know, as I saw an opportunity, I embraced it and I tried to just do my best in that situation and see what came out of it. And that has been extremely promising. Like it's, it's turned out better than I would have imagined, but I was kind of along for the ride and just told myself, I'm going to give my best at every turn and see what that, what that means, you know? And so I think for people starting out in the industry, I know that it's easy to get bogged down in the fact that we're dealing with what can sometimes be the hardest time in people's lives, right? Um, for some people, the injury that leads them to be in our program is really impactful. And each of us has, has an ultimate effect on their own life, you know, on, on someone's life that we might not really know anything else about them other than the fact that they're in the program, they're injured. This is, you know, we have a set of facts about this person, but we really don't know them. But what we do know is this is another person and this is another life that I can impact. And so I think for people starting out, if you keep that in mind and let that inform your own choices and just act from compassion at every turn, it's going to enhance your own life in ways that you might not expect. So it's, 
it's a combination of that openness to the path and letting it like you'll you'll carve your own path right but you always want to keep an eye out for ways that it's just kind of like hey over here this might this might be a thing this might be a thing and and just letting yourself explore um but but doing so and remembering that we're working with people I think that, and you know what that's great advice I think for anybody that's just starting but even people that have been here for a while you always have to keep a fresh perspective and have have to keep things uh freshened in your mind so that you can continue to do a compassionate job so that that's awesome thank you so much Ariel I really appreciate you spending some time with me today I I mean we've worked together for a few years and and I don't think we've ever sat down for more than 10 or 15 minutes other than in a meeting to just talk and it's been a real pleasure and I'm I wish I had done this with you months ago uh, years ago I uh, wish you the very best and, and we're sad to see you go but we're really really happy for your opportunities and thank you so much Sad Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. We are super excited to have Crystal Hunley, Reemployability's Director of Human Resources, back with us next week to discuss post-COVID workplace trends and some tips on managing clients transitioning to different work environments. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you.